Amos is that prophet who was not born of the prophets. He was tending the sheep out in the fields. That's what we read of Amos in Amos 7, verse 14. Then answered Amos and said to Amaziah, I was no prophet, neither was I a prophet's son, but I was an herdman and a gatherer of sycamore fruit. And the Lord took me as I followed the flock. The Lord said unto me, Go, prophesy unto my people Israel. And Amos is preaching to the northern kingdom, to Israel. This is a divided kingdom. And he is preaching to them concerning the destruction that is going to come upon them from the Lord due to their sin. But his message is is broader than just to the house of Israel. If you read through the first couple chapters, you see that he has a message for several different nations. He has a message for Edom. He has a message for the children of Ammon. He has a message for Tyrus. He has a message for Gaza. And so really what, what I believe Amos is doing here in his prophecy is really his message is, is broader than the house of Israel, though he does hone in on them. And there's a message that is going forth to all nations, really, of the condemning judgment that is going to come from the Lord for their sin. And it's a temporal judgment, a judgment that, is, that did happen, that was going to happen. But it is a judgment that points us forward to a greater judgment that is to take place. And in verse 4, he is telling them, he is pleading with them to seek the Lord in order that they can be delivered from the coming judgment. And they did not obey this word. They did not seek the Lord. They persisted in their sin and the Lord kept His word. And judgment came. And they had to face it. The full brunt of it. This judgment is a taste of the greater judgment that will one day take place upon all nations, upon everyone in the world. It, it hints for us to look forward to that day of which Christ has spoken of. There will be those on His left hand, those on His right. These shall depart into everlasting destruction and these into eternal life. And the sense of this verse is, is very simple. To turn from sin unto the Lord is to live. Or negatively, to persist, continue in sin and turn from the Lord is to die. And so it's a very sobering message. This is one of those simple and concise statements that calls sinners to faith and repentance. Faith in Christ and repentance from sin. And perhaps, perhaps there is someone here tonight who's lost and on their way to an eternity in hell. I don't say that because I have any reason to suspect that of anyone here. But I am aware of how many people I've spoken to 
who have a testimony that they sat in church for years before they truly came to know the Lord. And so even though we're a small gathering tonight, and even though everyone in here may know the Lord, we still need to have messages that are about faith and repentance in Christ and seeking Him. And so, as we come to this text, the point of this text, the goal of this message is that sinners will turn from sin and come to the Lord in whom life is found and be delivered from the coming judgment. And so I want to speak to you about how to be delivered from divine judgment. How to be delivered from divine judgment. And the first thing I want us to see from this text, therefore, our text says, Seek ye me, and ye shall live. The first thing is that the appointed means of this deliverance is seeking. The appointed means of this deliverance is seeking. Seek ye me, and ye shall live. That is a means that God has appointed to sinners by which they are to seek Him, as this word means, a diligent inquiring after, resorting to a sincere effort to turn to the Lord from sin. It is a means that God has appointed. And there are several things that this action implies, because it is an action. This word occurs all throughout the Old Testament. And it is an action that God, through His preachers, calls sinners to, seeking. And the first implication of this action is that this action implies the recognition of judgment for sin. It implies the recognition of judgment for sin. Amos tells these people, Seek ye me, and ye shall live. In other words... See the coming judgment of God upon you for your sin and seek Him in light of that. Because you see that reality, because you recognize that judgment is coming, seek Him. Turn to Him. Plead with Him to deliver you and to save you. That's the implication of that word, the first one. And so as we think about that, as we think about these people to whom Amos was preaching, the reality of Judgment Day should have made them tremble. And it should make us tremble. Anyone who's outside of Christ, it should make them tremble. The statements that we read in Scripture concerning that coming day, like in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, Verse 7, And to you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with His mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power. That's a sobering text. And even... Even if you're here and you you know the Lord, 
This is an opportunity for us to be freshly sobered as we go out from this place in the week to a sin-cursed world with people who are dying on the way to hell, that these texts are a reality. And Judgment Day is coming. And we need to tell them to seek that they may live. And this, this Judgment Day that is coming is not going to be like any other type of judgment that we can really enter into. Unlike an earthly judge, this judge, the Lord Jesus Christ, He knows everything about everyone. He knows everything about you. He knows thoughts, words, and actions that are contrary to His law. As He says to them in verse 12 of Amos 5, the Lord says, For I know your manifold transgressions and your mighty sins. And that is true of everyone. That the Lord knows every transgression, every sin. And so, in the day of judgment, there will be no hiding of sin except those who have been, whose sins have been satisfied in Christ. And this, sinners, you need to recognize this fact and face the reality that if you died right now, if you're outside of Christ and you died right now, then you would go to endure eternal punishment. Never ending. And even more sobering about the greater context of this message is that in this portion particularly, Amos is preaching this message to those who have been given the oracles of God. He's preaching this message to those who have the truth. That's a sobering reality. So many in our land have Bibles, have the truth of God, and yet, they're on their way to an eternity in hell. These people that Amos is preaching to thought they were okay. They're, they're living in these various sins that are all throughout the book spoken of. Even in verse 12, they afflict the just, they take a bribe, and they turn aside the poor in the gate from their right and all these things, and yet these people were so hardened in their sin that they would not receive the call to seek the Lord. And so this action implies the recognition of judgment for sin. This action, therefore, implies repentance from sin. It implies repentance from sin. Seek ye me and ye shall live. In other words, if you truly recognize the reality of the judgment that you will face for your sin, then you will, by the grace of God working in you, want to repent of your sin. To seek the Lord implies a turning away from. To seek something implies that you're turning away from something else. That is sin. In other words, what Amos is laboring to these, laboring to 
communicate to these people. The Spirit of God through Him is communicating that you cannot cling to your sin and the Lord. Because that's what they're doing. They're, they're saying, there's nothing wrong with what we're doing, we're just going to continue in this way, and, 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 and we're the Lord's people. We've been given all these, these privileges, and, and we're this special nation. And that can sound very familiar to us. We live in a nation that is very much like that. A nation full of people who have experienced cultural Christianity, who have experienced uh, the temporal, outward blessing of God in so many ways, and they think because they're a part of the nation, or because they're a part of a particular church, that they're fine. And yet they're not. You cannot cling to your sin in the Lord. That's the point of what Amos is saying to them. Seek ye me and ye shall live. Seeking the Lord requires a forsaking of sin. And an unwillingness to forsake your sin will result in the damnation of your soul. You think of this in relation to what we read in Mark chapter 10, if you care to turn there. Mark chapter 10. The rich young ruler who comes to Jesus in Mark chapter 10. We read there in Mark 10, 17. And when he, that is Jesus, was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good Master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor thy father and mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him, and said unto him, One thing thou lackest. Go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross, and follow me. And he was sad at that saying, and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. Now what is, what is going on there? Jesus is lovingly, lovingly pointing out to this man that he has an idol in his life that he is unwilling to part with and come to Christ. That's really what he's doing. He went away grieved for he had great possessions. In other words, he's idolizing his possessions and he's unwilling to part with them for Christ. That's the point of what the Lord's highlighting. And so as we come back to Amos Chapter 5, verse 4, Seek ye me and ye shall live. And as we think about seeking the Lord requiring a forsaking of sin, what is it keeping you from seeking the Lord? As you, as you talk to people, you get to that question, what is it keeping them from seeking the Lord? A desire for worldly enjoyments or a desire for worldly possessions? or whatever else it is that keeps people from forsaking their sin because they love it more than they want deliverance from judgment. 
and unwillingness to forsake their sin will result in the damnation of their soul. So this action implies recognition of judgment for sin. It implies repentance from sin. And it implies faith in the Lord. Seek ye me and ye shall live. In other words, the reason you will seek Him is because you trust that there is refuge in Him. You see the fact that judgment is going to come upon you for your sin. The wrath of God is abiding on you like a a cloud of fiery rain that is ready to be poured out upon you. You see that reality by faith and you actually believe the promise that if you seek Him, you will live. You know, many people believe in a coming judgment. As you, as you talk to people in this world, as you talk to people even of other religions, they believe in a coming judgment. But they trust, they are trusting in themselves that they will survive that judgment. They're trusting in their own righteousness to get them through that judgment. But this action implies faith in the Lord. To seek Him implies that it's not something I have in myself. And so many people are going to be devastatingly shocked when they reach the judgment bar of God and discover that they have nothing. They have nothing to bring before God that will enable them to survive God's judgment upon them for their sin. As they are examined by the law of God, as they are examined with the flaming eyes of our Lord Jesus Christ, everything will be brought to light. It is as we read in Psalm 130 verse 3, If thou, Lord, shouldst mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? Who shall stand? There will be none who stand in that day who have trusted in their own righteousness. So this action implies faith in the Lord. And this action is the obligation of every sinner. It is the obligation of every sinner. It is their responsibility to seek the Lord. In other words, this is not something that you need to wait around for. It is something that every sinner must immediately do and set themselves to seeking God that they may be delivered from judgment by coming to know Christ. It is an action that God has placed at your doorstep. Do I preach Anything that would be hinting at works-based conversion, it is not. It is not. This is the means that God uses. We understand God gives people the new birth, and therefore they seek Him, and yet at the same time, we cannot ever depart from Scripture and the command for lost sinners to seek Him while there is time to seek Him. 
there will not be one sinner in hell that will be able to blame God for their rejection of Christ. This action is very similar to what Christ says in Luke 13, 24. He says there in Luke 13, 24, He says, Strive. Well, verse 23, Then said one unto him, Lord, are there few that be saved? And he said unto them, Strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. And you know this is the parallel portion from Matthew chapter 7. He says, strive to enter in. In that word strive, there's effort communicated there on behalf of the sinner. Our Lord's not teaching a works-based salvation. He's acknowledging the means that God has appointed and that sinners must seek and press in to the kingdom of God through Christ. That it is not an easy believism gospel that our Lord taught. But it is a striving after Christ. Christ called sinners to diligently use the means that God had appointed. In other words, to seek the Lord the way He has said to seek Him. John 14, 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He is the appointed way. He is the only way. And so this action has several implications. The final of which is that this action, seeking, is the enduring mark of every saint. It's the enduring mark of every saint. What do I mean by that? What I mean is, when God regenerates a sinner, when He brings them to life in Christ, and they therefore seek the Lord because they fear the judgment that, is coming, that will come upon them for their sin, Seek ye me and ye shall live. It will be a life that has been transformed by God that will continue to be a life that is marked by a continual seeking after God. A life that is given over to pursuing God. Not in order to be saved, but because you are saved. In other words, obedience. Seek ye me and ye shall live. Obedience. Jesus said in John 14, 15, If ye love me, keep my commandments. And so, this action is something that marks the Christian. A life of seeking the Lord. A life of continually turning away from sin. The Christian life begins with repentance. But repentance doesn't end when we come to know Christ. Our sins are washed away and we are made white in the blood of the Lamb, but we continually seek the Lord. We continually look to Him and turn from sin. And it's the mark, the enduring mark of every saint. This does not mean that you will not fall into sin. But it does mean that you will not stop seeking the Lord when you fall into sin. And that you will be brought out of your sin because you are the Lord's. Is this not the mark of the good ground that our Lord talked about in Luke 8? 
verse 11. In Luke 8, verse 11, we have the parable of the sower. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are they that hear. Then cometh the devil and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. They on the rock are they which when they hear receive the word with joy. And these have no root, which for a while believe, and in time of temptation fall away. And they which fell among thorns are they which when they have heard go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. But that on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. They keep it. They keep the word and they continue a life given over to seeking the Lord. So that is the appointed means of this deliverance. The second thing that's worthy of our attention here in this text is the exclusive source of this deliverance is the Lord. The exclusive source of this deliverance is the Lord. Seek ye me, me, none other but me. There is no other that will be able and willing to save. The Lord alone is able and willing to deliver you from judgment. And this is where we have to bring lost sinners to. And anyone here, this is the point that has to be driven home. There's not going to be salvation in any other. No deliverance from any other but the Lord. Seek ye me, and ye shall live. In other words, there's no other religion or God. That's what he points out in verse 5. Lest they think there's some alternate means for them to find deliverance. But seek not Bethel, nor enter into Gilgal, and pass not to Beersheba. For Gilgal shall surely go into captivity, and Bethel shall come to naught. In other words, without getting into all the, the details of these places that men... Uh, uh, conjecture about. The point is, they were looking to another means. And the Lord says through Amos, don't seek through these means. For Gilgal is going to go into captivity and Bethel shall come to naught. In other words, you're not going to find deliverance from any other source. And yet so many are seeking this way. You find that You talk to people, many people will tell you they're seeking God or they're seeking a higher way or some other form. Speaking of of religion, a form of knowing God or or how they're going to be right with God. And yet they are not seeking through the appointed way, the only way. Deliverance is not going to come from your good works. Deliverance will not come from anything other than the Lord through Christ. And so do not believe the lie of the devil or your own wicked heart that you can seek deliverance another way. Do not believe the lie 
that God is not willing to save you. Ezekiel 33:11 Say unto them, as I live, saith the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn ye, turn ye from your evil ways, for why will ye die, O house of Israel? Let us never think that the Lord has pleasure in the death of the wicked. Let us never think that the Lord is not willing to save anyone. That is the lie of the devil. The Lord alone is able and willing to deliver from this judgment. The Lord alone has provided the way of deliverance from this judgment. And it is, as we've already noted, Jesus Christ. He is the only way of deliverance from this judgment. He is the straight gate and the narrow way that few find because they refuse to follow Him. They refuse to trust in Him. It is His righteous life. It is His satisfying death that the Lord has provided for lost sinners to seek and find refuge in from the day of judgment. They are the only confidence of the sinner as they seek the Lord. There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. He died so that you may live. And this is crucial for us to be grounded in, even those of us here, if we're all in the Lord, praise God, but this is something we have to be grounded in, that that the gospel As we think about the gospel, the gospel begins with God. The gospel begins with God and who He is and His character. And this is how you cut through all the terminology and all the differences in religion and all the cults and all the different people who have their own ways that they're going to go about getting right with God. You begin with who God is and what He requires. His holiness, His justice, His righteous character that He cannot forgive sin without there being satisfaction made. And when you do that, you cut through So many side trails that people will fall, that will go into. You hedge them in because there is no other answer given that satisfies the righteous holiness of God. As Paul would say in Romans 3, he is just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. And no other religion, no other teaching gives that answer. And so the gospel begins with God. And that is really where Amos is coming from. Seek ye me and ye shall live. And so finally, the promised result of this deliverance is life. 
This is a very simple text. It's a very simple admonition. Seek ye me and ye shall live. That is a promise from Almighty God. That is a promise from Jehovah Himself who does not change. In other words, if you seek the Lord, you will live. This is good news. This is God condescending to fallen man and telling you that if you seek Me, if you seek Me through Christ in this appointed way, if you trust in Him, you turn from your sin, you will live. I will, I will pardon your transgressions. You will live. And so any and every sinner that seeks Him has the promise that you will live. John 6, 37, All that the Father giveth to me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should have everlasting life. That's the good news. If you seek the Lord, you will live. But the reverse, if you refuse to seek the Lord, you will die. You will not die merely temporally. You will die eternally. You will not escape the just judgment of Almighty God. I want us to read Amos 9, verse 2. And I want you to think about this in relation to the greater judgment to come. This is prophesying of the judgment that was to come temporally. But I submit to you it points forward. I want us to read this thinking of that. Listen, Amos 9 verse 2. Though they dig into hell, thence shall mine hand take them. Though they climb up to heaven, thence will I bring them down. And though they hide themselves in the top of Carmel, I will search and take them out thence. And though they be hid from my sight in the bottom of the sea, thence will I command the serpent and he shall bite them. And though they go into captivity before their enemies, thence will I command the sword, and it shall slay them. And I will set mine eyes upon them for evil and not for good. There is no escaping the judgment of God. That is the reality of that. That was going to be the reality for these nations and these people temporally. But it is greater, infinitely greater, eternally. There will be no escape for those who have not come to Christ. I trust you understand that this type of message, this message demands an urgent response. And, and like I've said, even if everyone here knows the Lord, take this message with you through the week. Take it to people that you find in this world and share with them this reality and this glorious promise. 
You do not know when you're going to breathe your last breath. And as Hebrew 9.29 tells us, it is appointed unto men once to die. But after this, the judgment. You know how you need to seek. You know who you need to seek. Seek Him and live or persist in your sin and die. That is the message of this text. And the Lord calls us all to sobriety about such a message that we are called to proclaim in this world. Let's close in prayer before we sing. Our Father in heaven, Lord, we ask that you would undertake for the word that has been preached that you will do with it what is pleasing in thy sight. Lord, we ask that you would take away any dross, any Anything that was not of God, that you will cement everything that was of the Spirit of God. We pray that you will impress this text upon us. The glorious promise that is here for lost sinners, as well as the sobering reality that is here for lost sinners. And Lord, we pray all those who have of us here who have been delivered, let us Oh God, let us never lose sight of what we've been delivered from. Lord, we ask, hear our prayers, receive our thanks. Depart us into this week with a hunger for souls and a desire to see men and women come to faith in Christ. Oh Lord, please help us. Pour out thy spirit upon us. In Jesus' name, amen.